Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Nick Anderson Fitness Podcast. Today, we are here with one of my absolute favorite clients, Kate, who is a total badass, by the way. Um, Kate, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am great. I strained my neck uh, lifting the other day, so uh, so kind of shitty, but other than that, I'm okay. Were you not making neck juice? No, like I wasn't. I, that's what it was. That's what it was. You didn't I, change juice. I didn't have my my neck juice for those who don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, <laughs> I have a bad habit of when I deadlift to look up. And Kate was like, OK, you talk about how you make orange juice with your armpits to squeeze your lats. And she was like, you should make neck juice with your chin. And I haven't been making my neck juice and I know I'm paying for it. So make sure you talk that chin when you deadlift. Mm-hmm. Anywho, that are, we're already off to a great start here. I love it. <laughs> so Kate, you are now very much into fitness, which I don't think you were. Um, I don't I didn't know, have time a year to and a be. half ago. I didn't have time to be, or I should put it this way. It wasn't the priority on the priority reel at that time. Mm, okay. So what made, what made you decide to like start getting into this? Cause I know you did this before we worked together. Yeah. Okay. So like most people, uh, kind of have a long history, not necessarily, I don't really call it diet culture so much as body image. I would have to say it would be. Okay. So what sort of triggered this, this time is, everything was finally settled. Meaning like when I was at my absolute heaviest, I had just had two kids. I had gotten fired from my job for having the first one. How dare I you. was uh, and right. How <laughs> dare you? Like I couldn't walk. I had a really, really poor reaction to the anesthesia that they gave you for your C-section. And like, it was, it was bad. It was like hanging on for dear life bad. And I've heard a lot of horrible stories of people giving birth. I'm just like, why is this still happening in the U S but it is nevertheless. So we, we made it through it. It was very rough, but we got there. And so I ended up, I was a stay at home mom and we were on food stamps. And one day I'm at the counter, right. And I'm washing a dish. And I hate housework. Like it is the absolute worst, especially oh, yeah. the dishes. Ugh. Like it smells, I get a rash because I have sensitive skin. Like I hate it. And so I'm sitting here and I'm just like, what the fuck happened to you? Can I swear in this podcast? Of course. Of course. Yeah. I, I think like the third thing out of my mouth. Was fun, so. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It's like, okay, like here you are, like, you know, you're heavy. I think it was like, it was over 200 pounds, but not by much at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was more so like, you are not working. You're on welfare. And the thing that got me the most is you are dependent on a man. And I was like, no. So like all of a sudden it was like, I just remembered who the fuck I was. And I'm like, this is not, this is not how I roll. And so if I wanted to get us off of food stamps and out of poverty, I was the one that was going to have to do it. So I started the business. It took probably about a year-ish. I am a addicted to doing hard things. Mm. And so I'd agree. I made a lot, <laughs> a lot harder for myself than it had to be, but I worked a lot on allowing things to be easy because I think everyone has that mean voice gremlin. I call it the garbage talk. So like every person has a repeated phrase that the brain will say when they're trying to tell you you're a trash person. And sometimes it'll change over time, but mine has always been for a long time. It was your lazy. 
one of my really good friends. She's actually one of my students and she had over a quarter of a million dollar a year. I didn't even say what I did yet, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get into and that. And hers <laughs> is everybody hates me. That's hers. And mine is you're lazy, right? Mm. So for me, letting things be easy and just come, it meant something bad. Like I was bad. It was bad. You're worthless, that sort of scenario. So about a year and a half in the business, I really sort of worked on that aspect of stuff. And then the business just sort of took off. So the business was doing well. I got us out of a crappy house that was in a crappy, non-walkable neighborhood. It was super tiny. I bought us a house in my hometown and my hometown, Taylor Swift lives seven minutes from our house. Yeah. That's the kind of area we're moving from again, like food stamps to a seven figure business in a couple of years. Like it is banana pants, or as I have an inside joke with this cutie that slid into my DMs this week, it is like an apricot ascot. Like it's just beyond me sometimes. So I move into this house that is in my hometown and it's three times the size of the other one. It's on an acre. It's the best neighborhood. Like I have all my neighbors have boats for some reason because <laughs> we're by the ocean, right? Like I moved on up and I'm just like, now it's time. Like the kids are taken care of. Money is not an issue. I got them someplace safe. Like money is not going anywhere. Now I get to be a person because my body, even for the longest times, and there's so many stories, it was just the thing that carted around my brain. Like that was it. And that's sort of what happened. And so we moved down here and it just sort of clicked like, yeah, my neat, my non-exercise activity went up because it was a lot longer to get to the kitchen than it was before <laughs> when you go from a thousand square foot house. And I think that the top floor is probably like 800 square feet. And now our house is like 3000 square feet. Right. So like, there's going to be a lot more to walk in general. And I just felt so happy down here. They're like, I just could not sit still. And so when we had moved in, I was like 235. And then by the time that we started working together, I was 216. And the only thing I did was be happy and move more. Mm. That was it. That was it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what, how this all happened. I think it's um, taken care of. I think that's something people really underrate is just moving more is such a huge way to help you lose a little bit of weight and feel healthier. Like Everybody thinks that you have to go all in and work out seven days a week and eat bare minimum of calories, which I know we don't fucking do here, but Mm -hmm. just moving a little more, people are like, oh no, that's a waste of my time. But clearly, even before we started working together, you lost what, 15 pounds just from moving more. I did not try at all. (laughs) I'll be honest. That's how, uh, yeah, I got an exercise bike, but I could actually be around in the house. I think it's because there was just stuff to do. There was just nothing to do where we were. We were just isolated in the house. Um, you know, 2020 for a lot of people, it was really, really rough. Yeah. I teach online business. So for me, it was really, really busy because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to go back to work. Right. Everybody was working from home. And so everyone wanted to learn how to do what I teach. So like, I was just like, go, 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 go. And now it's just like, and it's so nice and I have my bike and I think that people just make things too complicated exactly to be honest like I rode my bike in flip-flops because I couldn't be bothered to find socks and shoes that's just a barrier that you have to overcome like if you have to put socks and shoes on like oh not fucking doing it so why not just do it in your flip-flops whatever (laughs) 
<laughs> I always had those. No. So it <laughs> like, I think that being self-aware is also one of those things. Yeah. Like just lean into the ADHD, Kate. You know, it's never going to happen. <laughs> Speaking of ADHD, I want to go back real quick. And I want, cause I think my listeners will be really interested in the time that you met Taylor Swift, that you like <laughs> ran into her. <laughs> I like how it's the fans, but really it's Nicholas. It is also me, but like <laughs> there are some Swifties on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. We've got to show clout. So yeah, like I said, it was a couple of years ago and even a couple more years before that she had bought the house in Watch Hill where we live. And so we had just gone to a pizza place. It's actually now like right down the street. And she was just there. And obviously like there was the bodyguards, but she was just so nice and just talking to people. And so we talked about like the pizza and like, what's good. And that's it. And, you know, you do that, like, oh my goodness, like I never do this, or I'm so sorry. I must be so tired of this. And, but she was just really, really nice. And actually, if you talk to anybody in town that's ever interacted with her, she's just really nice. The biggest issue is when she comes into town, her house is on like a one way and they'll like blockade half of it. And it's like, I just want to get home. Oh, that's annoying. <laughs> God damn it, Taylor. <laughs> like, come on. So it's like 4th of July. I just don't go in that part of town because she always comes in for 4th of July. So, so that is my Taylor Swift story. Randomly saw her at a pizza place. Love Very it. nice. A little jealous. Tall and tiny. There you go. Tall and tiny. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so yeah, you, when we started at ADHD is all over the fucking place. Um, <laughs> we it's started talking story. about how, yeah, I know you talk, you say something about Taylor Swift and my brain goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> she is um, nice. It's not a facade. <laughs> um, so we started talking about how it was initially you were, I wouldn't know. I don't know if trying is the word to use here but I'm going to use it and you can correct me and maybe you'll find a better word. You were trying to lose weight by just moving more. No, no. Okay. Okay. So you weren't, you were just moving more because it felt good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there was no cool. effort. I mean, in times past, like I'm not going to lie and be like, Oh yes, I've never been on a diet in my life. That's not the way I work. No, you know, your friends get married and for some reason, female presenting people think it's a cool idea to all go on diets together. So mm. like, you know, we did Weight Watchers for like one wedding. It worked so well that we did it again. But if it really worked so well, why would I need to do it again, right? And so we did Weight Watchers. The only odd diet that I've ever done, and we can talk about like what Weight Watchers Ooh, had yeah. to do at the time, was because I was an entrepreneur, there's a gentleman called Tim Ferriss who has a really popular, very bro book called the four hour work week, which of course I read because, you know, why not? Everyone wants four hour work week. Sure. And so he also had the four hour body. And for that one, Yikes. it was the only carbs that you could eat were beans, beans, any type of beans. You had to eat beans at every meal. Oh, you must've been all farting got, all the time, Kate. It didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. All you got were beans and lean protein sources and vegetables for six days out of the week. And the seventh day, and you get to pick whichever day was the seventh one, you could eat whatever the hell you wanted and you had to eat a lot of it. So it's like, I am very lucky because I have never been prone to any type of eating disorder behavior, but I'm like, this is probably glorifying that sort of cycle. Yeah. So it's just like, they would encourage you to be like, yeah, like if you want a dozen donuts, like you eat a dozen donuts, like whatever days I pick Sunday. Cause Sunday I usually went over to my parents' house and I couldn't control them not having, you know, beans and chicken and, <laughs> and broccoli that particular day. I think I did it for maybe like a month. He's also very big into kettlebell workouts. So that's really the 
the oddest one that I ever did. That's a very strange one. Like it's, it's literally encouraging you to binge and restrict. Yeah. He's very, which was odd is that he was very into managing your blood sugar and glucose levels. So I don't know exactly how that like binge day, but I think that the reason why it worked again in quotations, it did not the way it came back on, but when you start a business, there's a lot of weight. So like I had two babies back to back, they're 17 months apart. And then I had the business baby weight on top of that. So it was a lot of, a lot of weight to kind of go with, but I'm like, if he's really into that blood sugar stabilization, why is he telling you to eat a whole box of ice cream sandwiches one day a week? <laughs> like, yeah, but I think really that it fucked. was that aspect of like, oh, well, nothing is off limits because in my particular case, it was Sunday because on Sunday I can eat it. So I think that that was an attempt at getting people to stay as strict as they could for those six days. And then it's like, oh, well, it's not like I have to give up donuts forever. I just have to wait till Sunday. So that's what my guess is. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it. <laughs> it's not a good one. No. Uh, the Weight Watchers one, they were very big on points. And I am just, no, not big on that sort of thing. So they had a point one and then they had one that was like a core plan. And I know you love good and bad foods, but I know you love food list. <laughs> so the core one was a whole bunch of foods that you could just eat. And I have to say for like, two meals every single day. I'd have huevos on charles because you could have salsa and you could have fat free cheese and you could have eggs. So I had that like all of the time you could have hot sauce and that was zero points because on the core list. And then if you sure. want to eat anything off of that list, you had to like add up like the weekly points. It was all based on like, I think it was like calories, fiber, maybe fat. I don't know. It gave you a tracker, but the reason why I'm like, I don't think that this point thing is going to work for most people is because at one point, particular point in time, like an apple was the same as like two cookies. And I'm like, if someone's dieting nine times out of 10, they're going to pick like the two cookies. Of mm. course it was like the weight watcher cookies, but I'm like, this just doesn't seem like it's going to work. I don't know what they do now, to be honest with you. But I wonder what I the can... difference in calorie between the, the weight watcher cookie and the two apples is. No, it's an apple. And uh, sorry, two the cookies. two cookies and the one apple. Yeah. I mean, it had to have been like, cause what is an apple like 90, depending on the size? Yeah. Between like 80 and a hundred usually depending yeah. on the size. So it's probably like the equivalent, like, you know, those hundred calorie packs from like back in the day. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, but that's what they were going for. And I'm like, who, especially if it's somebody who feels like they already eat garbage and they don't eat well, of course they're going to pick the prepackaged stuff. Like sure. that was my whole thought. And I remember when I'd gone in there, I was like a hundred and I think it was like 65 pounds. One of the times you got a one of the times I told her my goal, weight was like 133. And she looked at me like I had eight heads and she's like, you need to be at least 118. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, no, I do not no, want to be that you, tiny. No one can set your goal weight for you. That's some bullshit. Yeah. So that was I'm like, mm, no. Yeah. So, I mean, there was definitely a point in your life where you were, you, you had a goal weight, you want weight loss was your goal. Mm -hmm. And since we started working together, that has never been your main goal. Like you've been Uh kind of like, oh, it might be a nice to have. What made you shift from, from that? I think, and I know they're on a fat loss podcast, everybody, but I think that the scale and the weight it's not only is it an unreliable metric, but it's an unreliable measurement. Like the measurement tool, a scale can be so different depending on what floor of the house it is. Like you're going to weigh less here. Cause we're like at or below sea level. than you're going to weigh in Colorado, right? Like 
it just, it's a fallible metric. Like it Mm. doesn't make any sense to me because I could be eating and a caloric deficit the whole time. But if I, cause I'm really bad at hitting my calorie goals, but if I'm eating like 600 calories in bed, because I'm like, Oh crap, I need to actually eat more. And the next day I wake up, the scale's going to go up. Or if I've got a lot of water attention, or if the business is really stressful. So, or I had gotten sick last week and I like lost five pounds in a week and I'm like freaking out. Probably the only person in the world that's like, that scale's going down too fast. <laughs> like, this is not normal. What's happening to me? Just, my muscles are atrophying. I'm like, so concerned. But it was, it was honestly water attention. I don't think that people really, I know I didn't until I really got into like fitness and like in it to win it, realize how much water attention can play a role in everything. And I know that you've had a lot of Instagram stories and reels that are like, it's really hard to gain a, an actual pound overnight. Like you have to eat a crap ton, yes. but you can see that all of the time. And I think that when you were tying a lot of your self-worth to a number on a scale that is fallacy with an instrument that's not that good at it, to be honest with you, to tell you it's going to mess you up. But like, yes, there are some days, especially right before my period, when I go and try to lift that 145 pounds can feel a lot heavier than it did the week before. Mm -hmm. It's always that weight. And so to me, it was never about like getting a dump truck. I know a lot of people want a dump truck. That's fine, guys. They want a six pack. Like I have no problem with that, but it was never a aesthetic goal. It was what can I do? Because like I'd said, not a lot of issues with diet culture, but a lot of issues with body images throughout my life. Right. And so again, it's just something that carted around my brain. So I think that it's more exciting to be able to lift a lot of weight. Spoiler alert, guys. First ever Nick Anderson fitness client to pull 315 on their deadlift. It was conventional with no straps. Yeah, now, it was. I know there's an audible gasp from everyone. Who gets <laughs> how cool Sit down on this one. I had only been deadlifting for five whole months. Woo! Um. <laughs> only one of us here on this call believed I'd do it. <laughs> I believed enough for both of them. That one, I mean, that one person, that one person believed enough for both of us. You guys, Kate just happened. called me out. Yeah, <laughs> I, she was like, she's he like, I'm going to lift 315 by the end of the month. And I think at the time you were doing like 265. And I was like, thinking about my my progression from that from 265 to 315 and it was months so i'm like yeah you can you can try but i don't like i never said i never said that i didn't think it was gonna happen but i didn't think it was gonna happen i thought it would take long because i know shit takes long but like shoot for the stars right like if you want to shoot for the stars let's fucking do it and you shot for the stars and you nailed it by the way when um before you pulled 315 you kept talking about your goal weight. And um, this, this was what this is one of my most exciting moments was when you were like, yeah, my goal weight is 315. And people were like, what? You want to gain weight? <laughs> and you're like, no, I want to be able to lift 315 pounds, which is fucking cool. And you did it. So I did. Yeah. So that was um because I again, I'm a business owner. So usually on Instagram, like I'll post a lot of businessy stuff. But in my stories, I'm like, that's where you just get to share your real life. And so like a lot of my followers tend to also be females and they were just sort of noticing like the weight loss progression. And one of them, I just asked in the DMs, like, well, what's your goal weight? And I'm like, well, 315. And she's like, what? Like, don't you want to lose weight? And I'm like, no, I'm like, oh no. I'm like, I want to be able to pull. Cause that's what the cool kids say. I'm like, I want to be able to pull 315. She's like, but like how much you actually want to weigh? I'm like, 
however much the scale says the day I pull 315. <laughs> it was 196 for everybody because I did weigh myself that day. So it was 196 was the goal weight because that's the day I pulled 315. Yep. That was a fucking awesome day. And uh, every now and then you'll just send me a video of you lifting that just for fun, just to remind me that you, uh, that you did it. So, okay. Yeah. I think I had started saying it was in December because in December I asked you if I could eat at maintenance because again, when you've got ADHD, you get a little hyper fixated on things. And again, because now the business is doing well, the kids are doing well, life is good. Right. I'm like, let's really like go whole hog into fitness. And you can 100% get really strong and grow muscle in a calorie deficit, but I know that it's easier for your body to recover when you're at maintenance. I'm like, can I go on maintenance for like a month? And I'm like, all right. And, and it was fine. And it's also good to like mentally take a little break from being in a calorie deficit and physiologically too. So I was like, yeah, we've been working together for like, I don't know, it was like six months at the time. So like, yeah, probably a good time to take a little break from that. <laughs> I had a very hard time eating that much though. I know but you I did. got there. I got I there towards the end because I didn't want, I only wanted to eat more of what I was actually eating, if that made sense. And so it's protein is really satiating. And that was a lot of protein to get in, in those amount of calories. Like, yeah, I have other stuff. I still have iced coffees every single day. They're delicious, mm. but was really tough at the beginning (laughs) yeah the more protein you eat the harder it is to just get calories in because makes you feel really full thanks protein (laughs) (laughs) which is great because that's what you want to have especially when you're eating in a deficit and again i'm not here to be like oh how dare you guys have fat loss i'm like i still eat in a deficit now because i do care about weight because i want the weight class i want to be in for powerlifting but before I am not built for squats, everyone. I am just like, if you look up like everything physiologically wrong, it could be somebody with squats, like that's it. And my stomach was getting in the way. Or as a guy from YouTube used to say, your front porch, I'm like my front porch was getting in the way. So like, that was the only reason I'm like, ah, oh, we can still eat in a deficit. It's fine. Because it was getting in the way of squats. <sighs> squats. So now that you are down a significant amount of weight, I like, like I said, I know fat loss wasn't your main goal, but how, do, how does that feel? Even though that wasn't your primary goal to still do it. How does it feel? Well, none of my pants fit except for all of the exercise clothes that I have, because I still refuse to buy real clothes, but I will gladly buy gym wear. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's a, my belt doesn't even fit anymore. It's like, that's fun. Um, I think like everyone, I enjoy seeing arm muscles. <laughs> like that's exciting. Yeah. Um, Someday, like, I know this is going to seem odd. This wasn't recent. It was probably like 10-ish pounds ago. I felt taller, if that makes any sense. I'm a no. cool, like, <laughs> I lie and say that I'm 5'4", but I'm really 5'3". And <laughs> I just felt taller. So I'm guessing that my spine was just compressed because this is another thing. Again, body image issues as a female. I was fat, but the wrong kind of fat, meaning like shaped like an apple. So I saw all of my weights in my guts and like, I don't have a giant butt or hips. And so I think like just having less there, my spine just felt taller. Mm. So that's pretty cool. I I know this is going to sound odd. I get, I don't know if it's sad or upset is the right word for this, that if I'll post something like, oh, I've lost 47 pounds. Cause that's where I've lost 47 pounds. I'll get like a million messages. I'm like, oh, that's like awesome. How are you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. When I posted that 315, I got some messages, but not nearly as much 
is when I mentioned how much weight I lost. And that makes me sad. I'm like, but yeah. it's so much cooler. Like I had to physically be able to do something. There's just nothing cool. About I get it. that. I get, I get that feeling sad because your primary goal was to be able to lift more, more weight. Secondary goal was to, I guess, lose weight. But I mean, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I'd call that a secondary goal. Like it's just a, it's an accessory to your primary goal is I guess what we'd really call it. But I think people see that you lost 47 pounds and they can relate more to that because it's so much more common for people to have a weight loss goal than a weight lifting goal. So they see that and they're like, Oh, cool. I want to do that too. How can I do that? Where they see you lift three fifteen pounds and they're like, that's cool, but I don't want to do that. So they should, <laughs> they should. I agree. Performance-based <laughs> goals are so much more fun. But I get it. Not everyone is into the gym, but I think that most people still kind of see it as like a punishment, at least females or people who identify as being female because they're just trying to get smaller. Mm. I'm like, why would you want to get smaller when you can fight a bear? Like, (laughs) come on now. Like, I need to be able to defend myself and the kids and my new fitness goal is to be able to climb out of a sand pit with both of them on my back. Like, I want to physically be able to do things. And I think that's one of the things that made this whole fitness thing a lot different than other times around because I was like, Oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. Or, you know, when I lose five pounds, I can do this. Or I gave myself like a certain date. Like when I hired you, I'm like, there, there is no end point to this. There, there isn't, they're all performance-based goals. And this is, this the first time that they've all just been performance-based goals and go figure. It's the time that worked. <gasps> Right. Imagine that. Yeah. And like, I have no, I think in all of the other like diets or like times of losing weight, there's always that thing, like the back of your head about like gaining it back. And then more so because that's always been the thing that's happened. There's no doubt in my mind. It's not coming back. Like, because I'm not doing anything particularly difficult. Exactly. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more because if you're doing something, if it feels like it's easy and it feels like you're not doing a hell of a lot of work to do it. You're probably doing it right. Because once it feels like hard work, like it feels, if it feels like it's insanely hard and you can't do it, then you're not always going to do it. No. And like, for me, like the whole macro thing, and I'm not, you know, I've got my protein goal, which I've been very good at. It's like, I don't care about fat or carbs. I've got no gallbladder. So like, if I tried to do keto, I would literally Oregon trail myself and die from dysentery. Like it would, <laughs> it would not have worked or just like Oregon trail me, but it's like, I can make anything fit in the puzzle that I want to make fit in the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And if I choose to eat something and now I can't make it fit in the puzzle because I'll go over what my targets were. It's like, okay, but that's just that one thing. And I think one of the most dangerous things, and I don't try to use that word lightly, but I think it's one of the reasons it's holding people back a lot and it's toxic and it's toxic in business too. That's the right word. It's an all or nothing attitude. Like, oh, well, you know, I already had waffles this morning and they weren't, you know, protein waffles. So now I'm going to have a whole pizza for lunch and I had a whole pizza for lunch. I might as well have a six pack of beer. And like, you know what, let's go out to ice cream and do this. Like, no, yeah, no. Like <laughs> my goals are bigger than that. The performance-based goals. Cause again, weight loss for me was just always making me feel like, my body was wrong because it was like, this is what happens when you grow up and all of your friends are super hot and on your best day, you're four. And I mean, like, you know, puka shell necklace, uh, bright orange corduroy pants. Cause I loved those pants. They were the best, <laughs> like the best. 
you just kind of get taught a lot about your physical appearance when that's just the kind of people that you hang out with. And so I think also for me, that's why the healthiest thing for me was always to focus on performance-based mm. because it's like, honestly, like I could lose a shit ton of weight, but like, it's still going to be what it's still going to be. But now I'll be able to deadlift 405 and it'll be super cool. Let's go. So what made you decide to hire a coach to reach your goals? Like what, what made this be the time that was like, all right, I don't want to do this on my own. Like I want someone to help me. What, where did that decision come from? In business, it is extremely common to have coaches. And every time I hired a business coach or a life coach, like the business just grew exponentially. Life was a lot easier. And I hired you because I thought we always got along because we used to work together. And I really liked how you didn't demonize any food. And I was like, what the hell? Like I was going to do it anyways. No offense to you. But like, I'm like, it was, it was a train. It was a train that was going to move. Yeah. Will I say that having that accountability probably helped a little bit more than not? Yeah, sure. But that's, again, that's the great thing about a coach. And so it's like, yeah, sure. Why not? This train's already going. You can come on. It's cool. Right. Yeah, no, I I think having someone to like help you tell you exactly what to do and like what exercises to do to reach the actual goals you want. Like the train is going to move either way, but having someone conduct the train for you is going to make the train get to the station a lot faster. Yeah. When you're the CEO and you make a lot of decisions all of the time, sometimes it's just nice just to be like, just tell me what to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, just tell me again, when we first started working together, deadlifting was not a goal because I didn't know it was a thing. Right. Yeah, I did you... not know it was a thing. I just knew that I had gotten to a point even before I'd lost the weight where like you wake up in the morning and you feel a million. And I did not like that. I'm like, Mm-mm. nope. Mm. So when did you decide that deadlifting was the thing? Like the thing? First time we did it. At the First gym. time we did it with the kettlebell or, or at the gym with the trap bar? At the gym. At the, at the okay, gym. cool. Yeah, me too. <laughs> first, time, first time I did lift, I was like, wow. I get it now. I, I understand why people like this so much. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just <laughs> unlike evil squat. Well, I shouldn't bad mouth squats because they're necessary. Unlike squats, I'm like, I'm built for deadlifting. Although we did the trap bar one and it went like really fast. Like the weight kept on adding. But then you made me do sumo deadlifts for a month. And no, those just do not work out <laughs> for me yeah, very I'm well. Not, I'm not so a then, fan of them. And I'm like, can I do conventional ones again? Which again, it made sense as a coach because the trap bar you're less likely to have injury. Same thing with sumo bar deadlift. You're a lot less likely to have injury. Like, you know, conventional, that's the one most people end up getting injured on. So right. that's why I like to think you didn't believe I'd hit 315 because I didn't think you wanted me to try and get hurt because you would hurt yourself. I mean, yeah, I, I had hurt myself deadlifting before too. So I didn't, I didn't want you. That's like my number one job as a coach mm-hmm. is to make sure the clients are safe. And then secondary is make sure they hit their goals <laughs> because right? if you're not safe and you're injured, you're definitely not going to hit your goals. And look at it, it's really nice to be like, eat this. Or I'm like, I don't have to Google stuff anymore. I can just ask you, but like, what's this? What's that? How does that work? And it's nice again Okay, for being hyper-focused on things. Nobody else I know wants to talk about any of this stuff. So if I talk about how progesterone actually makes it so that way you like really flush out more sodium from your system. And that's why women actually really crave salty things when their periods are about to happen is because biologically speaking, they have less salt. I can talk to you about that because you care even a little bit. Nobody else cares. And no one else finds that interesting. Either I'll be like, like, yeah, let's, let's talk more about that. Or I'll be like, really? I didn't know that. Let me go research all this topic. (laughs) She she says this, but I just think it's really interesting 
It's like, I had no idea about half of the stuff that goes into my body. Like asking him like, what happens to fat? Where does it go? I'm like, turns out you breathe it out. Everybody spoiler alert. You breathe it out. And you poop and pee it out as well. Cause mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but I found it intriguing. So that's right. And then yeah. yeah, fell in love with deadlifts. And then I told you, so currently right now working on a bench, I really want to get better at bench pressing, but like yeah. with deadlifts and with squats, because I was carting around like 235, 240 pounds for the longest time. I'm like, those are going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> like that, that, that's not a problem, but I'm like bench press. Oh no, we had a push-up goal first. It was to do a real push-up. Which you did. And did. then you were like, I really don't want to do push-ups anymore. Mm-mm. It was just to say that I could do them. Mm. I always found chin-ups really boring. Maybe at some point I'll think it's cool, but yeah. I thought, I felt at some point you really wanted to do one. And then you were like, never mind. Am I making that I, up? You thought I really wanted to do one. I did not want to do one. Okay. I'm totally making that up. Because most people do. Yeah. And that, that's fine. That's, that's it's, they really it's do. cool. I just find that particular exercise kind of boring. I'm just like, eh, it's here and I'm going to do it. But I'd rather, because of the way you structure your programs, which is really great for recovery and progression, because I only got like five or six exercises and I really love working out. Like I'm the Audi, like I love lifting heavy things. I didn't want to waste one of my <laughs> exercises on doing that. So I do all the push-ups. I'm like, I'm just like, this is the only time that I get to be by myself and I want to have a little bit of fun while doing it. Don't get me wrong. Like I'll do Bulgarian split squats and stuff. Those aren't fun but I'll do them. Yeah. I mean, they're good for you. Like, <laughs> like I get you need them kind of, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know for you in particular, the squat is really the, I'm going to beat that motherfucker. Yeah, you are. You are. And, that, and I know, <laughs> and I know that you have that drive where you're like, fuck, I, I struggle with this thing. I want to get better at it. And I think that's why you so desperately want to get better at bench press too even though your bench was getting really, really good, by the way. Um, Thank you. Uh, where was I going with this? But yeah, the Bulgarian split squat. I know that you're going to keep doing that because you it's going to help you with your squat, which you want to get better at. So mm-hmm. thank you for being an easy client, by the way. Like, you never- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd ask you a question. I'm like, what would surprise you most about being a coach? What has surprised me most about being a coach? Um there's been quite a few surprising things. I think one of the biggest surprises is the parity between how pe- between how hard people want to work and how hard they don't want to work. Like if you're paying me to help coach you and you do the work, that's fucking awesome. But then there are other people that will pay me and like not do anything. And they won't they like don't check in with me, they don't do the exercises, they like maybe go to the gym one or two times throughout the month and i'm like why are you paying for this <laughs> like it, it blows my mind it honestly blows my mind i was gonna say knowing you you probably feel bad because i know that you just want them to I get results do. so then you feel bad taking their money but for some people in their head just paying you is taking care of their health that's so a good way to look at it I that guess. that's why they're like, oh, well, I've got this thing and I can use it when I want to. But it's like, you know, if I didn't care about myself, then I wouldn't be paying for a coach. And I get like part of hiring a coach is to like help you actually do the work. Mm-hmm. And like people are paying me to help them just get into the gym sometimes, yeah. which I, honestly, that's that's a fun part of my job is I I have a new client who is 
really struggles with gym anxiety. And I like wrote our workout program. I was like, okay, you can do all of this in the corner of the gym. And then she messaged me uh, like a week ago. I was like, yeah, I made it to the gym. I'm just doing cardio because I'm scared to go to the weight section. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's step one. You made it to the gym. Now I want you to go in tomorrow and go in the weight section. And she's like, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. But she fucking did it. She fucking did it. And she was so proud of herself. So like sometimes that's part of the job. It's like your client isn't going to do exactly what you tell them. But working up to doing what you tell them is progress. And I think that was one of the most surprising things for me is learning that not everyone is ready to do all the things. And sometimes you just have to work them up. Mm -hmm. I do have something for gym anxiety, even though I did not suffer from gym anxiety, which I feel like you were shocked about. I don't know why I'm like, again, I had the best answer to your intake form ever about what medical diagnosis I have being big dick energy. So I don't know why you had thought that there'd be some gym anxiety, probably because most people have. And I think again, and I think when we went to the gym, I don't know, I was still North of 200 at this point. So again, I'm not a tiny person. And I think with that for the gym anxiety, it's a little bit of both. I think that if people, I call it the smear effect. I do this a lot with my students too. You need to find something that you are proud of yourself about. Like mine is like the business and making money and how far we've come. But like, it could be like, you make the world's best banana bread or you are the best person at listening or you can quote that office better than anybody else in the world. And you've got to take that confidence and smear it in there. So it's like, even if people are looking at me, even if they smirk, even if they are videotaping me and laughing, I still know that I can recite every word to the office. So I'm still cool. So you've got to like smear some of that in there because it truly is all in your head. And I don't, I mean, I guess other people are looking at the gym and I always say this because I have hurt several a gentleman by how much I row. And it is hilarious. <laughs> so I'm like, I know I'm not necessarily looking, but I think so. And I think that that can like really help. Or sometimes people just need to remember a time I don't want to say like, oh, use pain or trauma against yourself, but a time like you persevered against something. It's like this happened. Trust me, nothing that like Tad and Chad could do is going to come anywhere near close. And and so I'm just Tad and Chad, like they can do whatever they want to do, but it's not going to matter. So smear that confidence, everyone. I'm the best at listening to podcasts. Woo, I finished this whole (laughs) one. Gold star for me. I'm going to go and rock and uh just go for it. And people will just pick up on that energy. Like pretend to yourself, be a character. Mm. Like, Oh, like this person, (laughs) you can even give them a name. Like Cheryl doesn't care what everyone else thinks. She walks in there. Like she's hot shit. Then walk in there like hot shit, pretend you're Carol. And then when you leave, you can go be you. It's cool. There you go. Didn't somebody, um, not that long ago tell you how badass you were at the gym. Oh yeah. I mean, that ha- she said this casually. That happens a lot. Um, <laughs> I, okay, for the record, um, I've never had anyone come up to me and be like, wow, dude, you're a badass. So like, <laughs> I, I wish. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't want to say weekly basis, but yeah. It's a weekly basis. Um, okay, so, but this particular story, one of my favorite ones, though, is actually, it was when I first started using the weight belts and I was squatting. It was the first time that I squatted uh, 225. So I can squat. I just afraid I'm going to fall over everybody. That's, that's what we're working on. I'm afraid I'm going to fall over. So anyways, I had done that. And there was a girl just like looking, they clapped for me. That's always very exciting. But the time that I think that you're thinking about, I was deadlifting, go figure. It's my favorite classic. And this girl came up to me and she went on the other platform and she's like, 
you know, she's like, I saw you, nobody was doing RDLs. She's like, I saw you doing the Romanian deadlifts on the platform. And she's like, so I'm going to actually do them for the platform on the first time. And I remember you saying to me, you're like, did you ever think that you'd be inspiring people at the gym? And I said, again, not, not to be like, oh, I'm better than everyone else type of mentality. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's just, that's what I do. Like, that's yeah. why my business has been successful. Like I take the things that are the most intimidating and I make anybody feel like they can do them because nine times out of 10, anybody can do them. And so I think that people just sort of get attracted to that. If that makes any sense. Again, that confidence that not being small and I love it. That's why I do what I do. Sure. Yeah. People, people, it's kind of like when people are proud of, or not proud of people see your weight loss and they're like, wow, that's cool. I want to do that too. They see your confidence level and they can relate to that and be like, that's cool. I want to be like that. Right. I'm just like, why not? Like, why not everybody like take, take up space. That's probably my biggest one. Just take up space. And again, I hate the term fake it to make it. I don't use that for business at all, but I think when it comes, especially to like gym confidence and even just eating in general, I know that we've talked about this. I think that that self identity factor of who you say that you are in your head matters way more than you think, because Mm. what made this time different? Like, yeah, sure. There was no weight loss goal, but I woke up one morning and I just decided, I just decided, I decided that it was no longer because you have to like break yourself down. I'm like, I decided that it was no longer a bad or negative thing for me to focus on my body because to me, even not having an aesthetic goal, but just, I don't want to say wasting time working out, but like wasting time on working out and eating right. And all that sort of stuff was really vain to me for a very long time because again, my body has always just been a vehicle for my brain. I was never going to be the prettiest. I was never going to be the smallest. It was never going to be any of those things for me at all, ever. And so when you are, you know, being ignored, that, that's always the person, actually, this is my personal favorite. Um, when people were trying to get with your friend that either, if it was a group of guys that either all talk to your one friend, which is always great. Cause then I could come in with a smart aleck remark. Cause I will not be othered. And then it was, they would look at you and then just walk away, not even say anything. That one was classic. And then it was, they'd look at you, come up with a lame excuse and then leave. So when you are constantly, like when you're in a bigger body, when you're again, what is TikTok called? The designated fat, ugly friend. It really fucks you up body image wise for a while. And because, you know, society treats you like garbage, some people will go to extreme measures to go on the other end. Like, oh, I need to be accepted. But then you're like me, who's like, fuck them. And all it was doing was fucking myself over because the truth is like the way that my business is set up, it's still a lot of me. Like it's still my brain and go figure if my body is sick or not doing well, then my brain's not going to be able to operate well. And so I had to really sort of break that down and figure it out that it was okay. Right. Or for some people, well, I'll tell them if they're really struggling with anything, it's not what the, what's the worst that could happen because I don't know, that question never really worked for me when I was trying to work through my mindset stuff. It was what's the worst thing that can happen if it works? Because most people, when you really dig down deep, they're actually afraid of success. And so for weight loss, it might be free for whoever's listening. It could be one of these things of, well, what if it works? And I gain the weight back again. 
then I'm a failure. Then I have all these negative feelings. So if I don't let myself go wholeheartedly in this, then I'll have an excuse. If I back out halfway through, it doesn't matter because now I'm not a disappointment. It doesn't work. Maybe the worst that you, you think is going to happen is that now you're going to have no friends. I can't lie. That was probably something that popped into my head. Cause like, here I am, like I've got the successful business. If I get like really skinny, I'm using quotation marks right now. My friends aren't going to like me anymore. Right. Or your spouse isn't going to like you anymore. Or, you know what I mean? Like the oddest things is what your brain will come up with. You would have never guessed that once you say it out loud, you're like that, that sounds stupid. <laughs> so, but you need to say this and you need to sort of dismember. And this is why that all or nothing attitude just really isn't there anymore. I used to have it. I had to fight back against it so hard. Like I said, I was addicted to hard things because it made me feel good about myself. Now I, I really have been trying to make myself feel good about letting things be easy and not overcomplicating things. And so that's why it's like, okay, we're going out to Panera bread. Okay. Can I make the rest of my macros work for the day? No. So I'm going to go over, but for dinner, I'm going to have like shrimp stir fry because that's the highest protein I can get for the lowest calories. And it's delicious. Mm. And I'm cool with it. And even if you do have a day when you go over, it's not like, okay, well, I went over yesterday, so I might as well make the whole weekend a fucking Mm-mm. shit show. You're not like, why am I going to make things harder on myself? Exactly. Why? Exactly. <laughs> I know that what is it? And he's just not that into you. That might be before your time. Um, but they're talking about how this girl, you know, waits to the last minute to pay her credit card because she loves the drama. And I think that some people are just addicted to that drama. They just maybe they don't identify with that word because they're not used to like stirring the pot and stuff. But like that's that's what it is. Why? Why? Why am I gonna make things harder for myself? Yeah, it makes again, no if, fucking sense. If I want a donut because of the way that you coach, I can have a donut, it's fine. Right. Like I'm not bad. It's not bad. It's cool. And I think when you take a lot of morality out of food and the judgment that you have on yourself for food, it's a lot easier. And I don't think, I don't think you ever even tell me if you have a donut or anything like that, because it doesn't even occur to you that that's a thing that other people might be like, Oh, I had a donut. Is that okay? I get that question a lot from, especially from new clients. Oh, like I had ice cream. Is that okay? Yeah, of course it is. It, it fit. It's it's perfect. It's great. Fucking awesome. And then I get really proud of them for being able to have the ice cream and it being okay. But like for you, like for you, you're having, like, is it okay if I eat an entire watermelon? And I'm like, no, you need to eat more, more than that. <laughs> like, I did want that whole watermelon. And that was my plan for my birthday. And then the watermelon was rotten. I was so I just mad. I just didn't want you to shit your brains out. That's why. <laughs> Dysentery. Again, now she's Oregon trailing herself. It's not keto's fault. But I was just like, oh. But like, meanwhile, no, the reason why I was laughing is the other day, I'm like, well, I'm going to go to bed and I got to eat like a protein cheesecake and I got to eat this. I'm like, I'm going to bed to eat. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> like, you get to hear about those things where it's just like, yeah. Because again, I love you ADHD, but sometimes, especially when it's a work day and I'm like really, really in it. Cause you know, sometimes those work days are hard to come by. Like I just, I'll eat breakfast and it's always a really great breakfast, but then it's like five o'clock and it's like, you forgot to eat lunch. And it's like, okay, guys, <laughs> I only eat you like 15, uh, hundred more calories between now and nine 30. I've got like three hours to get this done. How are we going to get it done? <laughs> Yeah, that's a very opposite problem than most people have. So, <laughs> like, oops, my B. But like, 
my kids have no idea, but it's not that I'm hiding it from them. Um, they'll, cause they've heard me complain the opposite. Cause like my mother was one of those, even though she never let us worry about our bodies. And was never like, Oh, like stand up straight or look pretty for a man. My mom was a super feminist. Right. I think that's why I felt so bad about being dependent on a man. And so like, she would go on Weight Watchers and she would say bad things about herself. And I was like, I don't want my kids to absorb any weird negative energy when yeah. it comes around food. So like, you know, the kids will see me weigh stuff on a scale, but I'm not like, Oh, it's cause I'm on a diet. It's like, I need to make sure that I eat enough protein. And they're like, okay. And so now like they have like their protein chocolate milk. Like they just think like it's the coolest thing ever. So they don't like think of it. It's not an issue. I love I that. I love that you're, you're setting a good example for your kids for like not getting involved in that diet culture thing, because I, I think so many people grow up like that. I, I grew up like that because my mom was always conscious. So she was always on some kind of diet or something like that. Yeah. And South yeah. beach was my mom did that one for a while. South I know beach. my mom did weight watchers. My mom weight had watchers, weight yeah. loss, weight loss surgery when I was in like, I don't know, like 16, 17, um, so like, it was a big thing around our house. It's like worrying about your weight and worrying about what you're eating. Um, I don't think I did a good job at picking up on that when I was younger, because I used to eat a lot of Oreos when I was a teenager, <laughs> but like, as I started to grow up and like started to round out when I got a little older, I, I don't know, I guess I kind of started remembering all those things about my mom, like being on a diet and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, maybe I should try that. And it really, it carries over to your adult life. I don't think it really, you really pick up on it as a kid, but like, yeah, that's, that's something that you carry over. So setting a good example for your kids is fucking awesome. Right. Cause I think that again, and you know, like I'm just thinking of like all like the odd diets out there, like, you know, the ones like the juice cleanse diets. I know those are your absolute oh, favorite. I love those. Um, yeah. The people that have like, what's it like maple syrup and like lemon and like all of that sort of stuff. Cause I think that that's also um, some of the clients that I have, one of their biggest things, like they didn't want to have to cook like another meal. I'm like, well, first of all, I just make my kids eat what I'm going to eat. <laughs> like, it's not a problem. Like I can still have spaghetti and meatballs, but I'm going to have way more meatballs than I used to. And I'm going to have way less spaghetti, but I'm still just going to have spaghetti and meatballs mm. and it's going to be delicious. As long as you're not having one meatball. I know you hate that. No, yeah. you want to know what I was mad about this one over here talking about like, Oh, a coach and will tell you what to do. This one did not tell me that when you are weighing out your pasta, because yes, I weighed out my pasta, that it turns out cooked is very different than uncooked. And so when they're like, oh yeah, it's like two ounces, it's like two ounces of uncooked, but when it's cooked, it's like four. So I was going for months, everyone, with half of the pasta. <laughs> I was I so angry. I did not realize you did Why not did know that. That's my bad. Why did, <laughs> of course, I didn't ask, but I'm just like, I, for some reason, it was your fault. I think that was awesome. <laughs> and you were like, what? Like, why is that a problem? I'm like, because I could have been eating so much yeah, more by the pasta. Way, it, it works that way for rice too. So if you're eating rice, it works the same for rice. <laughs> oh, I think that's how I figured it out because I was reading the rice box. Ah, uh, that adds up. 
I was so mad. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I but now you've learned. Sometimes months, you got to make months. mistakes to learn, right? It was only like two months. That's not so but bad. But still, it was, it was two months worth of more pasta that I could be eating. Oh, I love pasta. But again, that's why I hired you as a coach because you're going to be like, oh, you're eating a carb. How dare you? Right. Yeah. Eat the fucking pasta. Like you're fine. <laughs> love pasta. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Let's see. Um, y'all just need to let things be easier. Yeah. Like truly, truly let it be easier um, because it can be. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you guys thinking here that we're sitting here bashing people with weight loss goals. Like they're not. For me, it was just secondary because how could it not? If I'm moving more and I'm fueling my body for performance, fat loss is just going to happen. Right. Like there was no other choice in this matter. But if you are like so focused on this scale, I'm going to challenge you to come up and you've, it's got to be one that you care about everyone for a performance goal. So like, you know, the push up, like I kind of cared about, but like chin ups, like I just do not care. So I could not make that a performance goal. You have to find a lift or a movement or something that you want to be able to do that you truly honest to God really want to do. And you just think that you're going to be like hot shit if you get it done, because then all of a sudden it's not. I need to lose five pounds for this wedding. I need to have this huge dump truck. I need to look nice in this dress. It's how am I going to get to this deadlift? (laughs) It's like, I need to get there. I need to get this done. And I think that that's really going to take a lot of pressure off to be completely honest. I think it doesn't even have to be a lifting goal either. Like it could just be as simple as I want to be able to run a mile without stopping. A performance goal. Yeah, exactly. Or I want to be able to walk for an hour without needing to sit down on a bench in between like it can be very simple and then as you reach that goal you can find new goals that are fun and exciting like yeah i hit my goal they in are five endless months, so. and, then, and then it's gonna shift and then it will be fine so cut yourself some slack realize it doesn't need to be all or nothing nobody is perfect and you're not supposed to be perfect same here like mm-hmm. There are days when I go over or there'll be days where I'm like, I forgot that I ate something, but it's just like, okay. It's like, oh yeah. It's like, did I do like the coffee creamer and like this and that sort of a stuff? It's okay. Everybody just do it. Something is better than nothing. That's my other thing. Five minutes is better than no minutes. And I know that when you were on my podcast, we, you were really talking about food because that's true. Fat loss really is better calorie deficit, but I feel like some people just need that starting point. And for me, it was movement. So it was five minutes on my bike. That's all it needed to be. Cause I think people are like, oh, like I've got to work out like six times a week. It's gotta be like 60 minutes. And like, if I can't do that or I miss a day, then I just like, oh, I'll start next week. Your goal is five minutes. That's it. That's just it. Five. That's it. And if it turns into more great. And if it's just five, that's great too. And hire Nick Anderson. He's the coolest. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a link in the show notes. So after you go ahead and leave your five-star review over on Apple <laughs> podcast and you're like, he should have Kate on again. That was great. So after you say that in your review and when you're on Spotify, you can just leave your five stars. That's fine. Click on the link. I mean, you're not going to have the best answer to his intake form. I'm sorry. That's been taken, but you can shoot for number two. There's nothing wrong guys with being number two. It's okay. And, you know, that kind of goes back to what you said about, I wanted to touch back on the perfection thing where you're like, nobody's perfect. Mm. Literally, I'm a fucking fitness coach. And I just talked about at the very beginning how I strained my neck because I was lifting wrong. Like, literally, no one's perfect. So if that doesn't tell you, I don't know what does. 
So for all those um, business owners out there, where can they find Kate Doster, who, by the way, did a fucking amazing job helping me build my website and mm. with my email list and all this good stuff. By the way, hire Kate because she's fucking <laughs> awesome. Hire me, me, hire Kate. We can all have a little triangle of hiring each other. I'll hire you if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I love that triangle method. So I realized that we just jumped in here. I did not introduce myself. Y'all like, who is this fool? All she talks about is deadlifting 315. Yes, yes, she does. And she is going to bring that up a lot. It's very (laughs) cool. So I am Kate Doster of katedoster.com. And I am the creator and CEO of a seven-figure online course education company, where it is my soul and soul's mission to put money in the hands of good people so they can do good with it and to eradicate this idea that nice people finish last in business. Like 2022 is the year of the nice person. And it is my job to get you out there and to speak up. Because here is the truth. No, no, this is just it. Okay. Because (laughs) here's the truth. People love to spend money. Y'all love it. I know you bought something from Amazon this week, everyone. That's right. I called you out. People love, yeah, Nick's like, I just bought stuff before it came on this. Like she nailed me. (laughs) Yes, I did. Phrasing, I get it. But the point is that they want to spend money. So why aren't you letting them spend it with you? Someone who cares about them. Someone who's going to provide them way more value than everybody else. Someone who's not just going to treat them like a dollar sign. Stop letting them have to go to the Billy Brohemes and the spammer faces of the world and all these evils. Cause again, we can talk a whole bunch of mindset stuff around money. Like this is my jam. Stop letting them do it. Get yourself out there. So I help people get themselves out there one by getting their mindset, right? And the second way is by helping them with their email list and the words that they write. And the reason why I started helping people a lot more with mindset is I can tell you till you're blue in the face, use contractions, build reciprocity with your audience, be a giant dork if you're a giant dork. But if I cannot get you to hit send, it is not going to work. And so it is my job to get you to hit send. And how do I do that? By building your confidence, by going around and being like, you know, being on my list is a privilege. Getting to buy from me is a privilege. It is not that other people are bad or you are better than everyone else. And I think this is what people don't get. It is your own internal self of worth. I don't need to put someone down to feel great about myself. I just don't. I treat everyone the same because I know what I've done. And so that's what I help people do. So you can go to katedoster.com for that. Since you're already leaving your five-star review, I'll wait while you do that. Okay. You'll have your five-star review. You can hit the little search guy and search for inbox besties, where we talk all stuff about online business, money mindset, email marketing, copywriting. Cause again, I like making things unintimidating. So I took the two things people hate the most selling and writing. And I made that my business as a chick with dyslexia y'all. So like, if I can make this work, cause I tell everyone, I'm like, if I can make this work, a poor mom on welfare with dyslexia, seven figure copywriting business. Y'all can do this. It's not going to be easy. You got to substand it and you're going to break yourself down mentally a lot, but you can do it. It'll get there. And by the way, if you don't feel like hitting that little search button for inbox besties, that link will be in the show notes as well. So you should link to your episode. Oh, I will. It was will. very ironic, I guys. I forgot because I did we, that. I mean, I, episode... I was thinking about that today, but I <laughs> forgot I can do that. Our episodes like came out like what was like the same week and they had like the same title. I was like, no, the cheese oh, yeah. gremlin one. And then I outranked you for a while with the term cheese gremlin in your name. Oh, yeah. Um, if but you yeah, so if you want to hear more Nick about Anderson Nick, Fitness, his... your, your podcast episode is like on the first page. 
<laughs> right? I'm like, haha, take that. You're, like you're you're outranking me on, <laughs> on some things. We'll get you there, I swear. We'll there. <laughs> It'll be all right. So come That's hang out, right. guys. Follow me on Instagram, by the way, Kate underscore Doster. Yes. Especially my IG stories. That's where I see a lot of puppy pictures and workout stuff. And again, I need people to make more money. And, and I need bad people see, to make less money. And if you want to see Kate pull 315 on her story, she posts it like once a week. So I do. It's fantastic. <laughs> because you're proud of it. And you anytime it's lots of things it. you're proud of. Because again, and this is no offense to anyone else, because you might think that getting a number on a scale is a huge achievement for you. And you should shout that from the rooftops for me. Getting that number on the bar was always more like, mm-hmm. uh, did I even tell you the day that I went from like 200 to like 190 something? I don't even think I brought it up. Like, I think I just put it on a little tracker sheet and went on with my day. And for most people getting from 200 and some odd pounds to like 199.9 is a huge deal. And it was just, I think I pointed it out to you and you're like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Literally. You were like, okay, that's cool. I believe that it was probably imagine how much cooler it's going to be in a month when I pull 315 and you're like, oh, yeah, hey, so that was your answer. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> your answer. I remember that now. There you go. Well, thank you, you so much for joining me, Kate. Um, this was great. This was really fun. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I do have one Kate. question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question for you. So how does it feel since I used to be your boss? How does it feel to be able to boss me around? Oh my or God. Yeah, you kind of were my boss. Attempt to boss me around. So for those who don't know, Kate and I worked at TJ Maxx together. I don't know why they would know. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I probably have some TJ Maxx people that listen on here. Okay. I don't know. Hi, um, <laughs> hi Furman's. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, Kate. Kate used to kind of be my boss, so it it feels good to be like Kate. Shut up and do what I tell you. <laughs> and but then you were I always don't. good. You were always good about not being like like you would let me and James go to Guitar Center for an hour and a half on our forty five minute <laughs> break. So like, never it was got pretty relaxed. I never got in trouble for that. I did get that no co- no canoodling with your subordinates all the time. But I'm like, oh man, but Tiffany and James are so hot. And they're like, no, no messing <laughs> around with your subordinates. Oh my James. God, that was funny. But we used to like hang out all the time back then. So what the fuck? <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun time. It was a fun time. Fun times, fun times, everyone. For the record, I'm better at wee bowling because I know you all were wondering. I'm yeah, wee yeah we, we had some wee bowling times. So that was fun. (laughs) That was, I just wanted to know. Well, there's your answer. It's, it's fun being able to tell you to do shit, but also like, I'm also not as strict as you were as a boss or as you weren't, I should say. It's true. Jobs are the worst. Yeah. Jobs suck, Uh, but it's, it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Um, And for everyone listening, go leave that review. Don't forget to do that because Kate told you like nine times. And if you haven't done it by now, you kind of suck. Just I love love Nick Anderson. (laughs) That's all all I can be. I love Nick Anderson. This is a good podcast. There you go. I even wrote it for you all. This is a great podcast. There you have it. Now you got no excuse. Well, thank you so much, everybody. And I will talk to you next time.